during this time of the year, we all want as much insider information as possible. We want that behind the scenes access that sometimes it's really hard to get. Well, today we're kind of giving that to you because on today's episode, I have interviewed G League Ignite head coach, Jason Hart. What did he see from each of these prospects behind the scenes that maybe we could not see on TV? And who does he compare each of these prospects to in terms of current or former NBA players? All that and much more coming up next. You are locked on the NBA draft. It is a great day today because uh, we're about three weeks out from the NBA draft. It is full bore ahead, all go, all NBA draft all the time. That's what we're doing, and that's why we do this podcast every day. So thank you so much for making this show your first listen today, and I hope that is the case every day. Today, I am your host. My name is Sam Ferris. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at DraftDummies. I am a credentialed NBA draft analyst. And like I said, during this time of the year, we are doing work nonstop. So you can see my work, my thoughts, some clips, some stats that I'm posting on Twitter. And of course, we are hosting this podcast every day of the week. We do that year round, but we are certainly very excited during this time of the year as the draft is almost upon us. It's workout season, it's rumor season, and frankly, we want to get all the information we can on the prospects, and that's why I am so excited about this interview. It's a great interview. I think you're going to enjoy it. He gives me a lot of fun behind the scenes information, and even I'll I'll leave you with a bit of a hook before we get into the interview. He compares one of the prospects with a a legendary player. And he's got got high hopes and high expectations for each of these guys. It's a really fun interview. Hope you enjoy. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, now into the interview. All right, so let's welcome on the guest that we've got today. It is a very special guest. By way of introduction, it is Coach Jason Hart. He played college basketball at Syracuse, played a number of seasons in the NBA, and since then has had some coaching experience that has ranged from AAU to college, coaching at USC, and is now the current coach of the G League Ignite. And we are very excited to have him on the podcast today. So coach, thank you so much for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's It's an honor to be on your show. Awesome. So I myself and the listeners are very excited because if you follow the draft, you know that a lot of the top prospects these days come by way of the G League Ignite. This year, three prospects are projected to go in the first round. And as I mentioned in the intro, Coach Hart has played in the NBA. He's gone through the draft process and he's coached at all levels. So I think he's going to have some great insight as we get into some of these prospects that are projected to go in the first round. But Coach, starting with from your perspective, because you have coached at, at multiple different levels now, what has really stuck out to you or what have you enjoyed about coaching the G League Ignite team this past season? 
Um, it was just an experience, just a, a chance to coach uh, young talent and see how well they stacked up against uh, uh, young pros and older men. Um, I was always interested to see um, if the mindset uh, stays the same in the, the young men that I coach. And so for me, it was a great chance to see who has it and who does it. And, and I always base that on your confidence and can you take your high school confidence to the pros? And I thought each of our players did that um, at a high level. Yeah, so the main three guys we're going to talk about today, Dyson Daniels, uh, Jaden Hardy, and Marjan Beauchamp. If we've got time, we'll talk a little Scoot Henderson and Michael Foster as well. But, Coach, let's start with Dyson Daniels. Uh, at the Combine, and I saw you were at the Combine this last week, he ended up measuring at about six foot eight, so he continues to grow. Whether you want to call him a guard, he's an all-around player, uh, a lot of talent, uh, a lot of people project him to be a high-level defender. Um, what stood out to you the most this season about Dyson Daniels and his game as it pertains to the projection to the next level? Well, he's a multifaceted player. Um, in today's NBA, they're always looking for big wing guard yeah. defenders. And so he checks all the boxes in someone who right now today can switch one through four. And um, obviously, you know, he was a selfless player. He was our fifth leading scorer. So that means he was, uh, you know, trying to run our team, trying to be a point guard, you know, um, helping others get better. And I think that's what, you know, stuck with the NBA. And then obviously when he got to the NBA and he measured well, um, he's a tall guard. I think that's where his name started to uh, catch on fire. Yeah, so – Coach, with your experience, you've been around a lot of NBA players uh, throughout your career. Is there anyone he reminds you of? And I know comparisons are a little difficult. Like all humans are different. All basketball players are different. But do you do you see shades of anybody else that you've been around throughout your career with him? Yeah, he's a bigger version and, and a bigger version, but point guard, uh, Tabo Cephalosius. Okay. Um, Tabo was more 3 and D. So just think a bigger version of that, obviously, with the defense and with uh, offensive skills uh, that translate to the NBA where he'll be able to uh, score a little bit more points on his own. He'll be able to create for his own. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I hadn't thought of that one. Played for those OKC Thunder teams with KD and, and Westbrook back in the day. Um, yeah. So defensively, I totally agree with you there. Should be a very good uh, guard defender. Like you said, I think he can switch one through four with that size. In terms of the offensive production and projection with him, uh, what role do you see him playing in the NBA? For me, I think to ease him in, he, he, he'll be combo guard. He'll have, uh, you know, small time point guards duties playing on the wing um, his first year or so. And then I see him transitioning to a point guard. Okay. Once he showed the, his coach that he can guard the ball, guard his man, I think they're easy to a natural point guard because I think that's what his natural position is. Yeah, very good passer. That's kind of the thing that sticks out uh, on film. At that size, to be able to pass and handle the ball is a huge advantage and a big benefit for him. And it's the reason why, again, he's a lot of, a lot of people are projecting him now to go top 10, been kind of one of the bigger risers uh, recently. So very excited to see where he ends up going. And coach, from your perspective, again, you went through the draft process. Um, 
and you've seen other guys do it. Do you worry at all about, you know, the draft stock rising, the expectations on a kid that young uh, or after coaching these guys? Is that not really something that you worry about too much? No, because, I mean, obviously when you when you become this, take this process of becoming a pro, um, you're going to have risers and then you're going to have some that say you're not as good. And I always taught these young men just to keep going, regardless of what others say. Only thing you can control is how well you do and how better you get. And so for, for him, I think he's going to take it all in stride. He know he has a, a ways to go in becoming a player that he wants to be. And I think Dyson is humble enough to where he's going to just keep on working. So, no, I don't have no worries uh, about the process for all the young men. We have an important favor to ask you guys. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners, what you like, and what makes your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about the Locked On podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you in advance for your help. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now so hard for you and for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I have no idea. And wait, while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry, you yourself have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like yourself for over 20 years and prices are reliably low for all customers. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their section that says, how did you hear about us? So that they know that we sent you. Again, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Sounds good. Let's transition now to Jaden Hardy. For listeners that might not be as familiar, he is a six foot four guard who can really score it. A high level uh, high school player out of uh, the Las Vegas area can really shoot it, already has legit NBA range. The efficiency this past season was up and down, but finished the year really, really strong. So coach, what do you think clicked with him towards the end of the season? And what were kind of the biggest positives that you took away from uh, for him, for uh, Jaden Hardy this past season? Well, the biggest positive for Jaden Hardy is that he he's relentless and he's uh, fearful list. He's unafraid to make a mistake. He has supreme confidence. And um, it took him some time to adjust offensively, being that he was learning um, when and when not to. I think that's an adjustment for all offensive players when they're so talented. But his number one skill set is being able to get a shot without plays. And every coach that coaches basketball love a player that can create on his own. Once he's able to put it together and add that uh, continuous jump shot that he's going to have and get stronger, he's going to be just fine. I thought towards the end of the season, he was able to understand um, how it is and, and, and 
how he should score. And I think moving forward, because he didn't have a senior in high school. So I think moving forward, um, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And it's unfortunate, but he's one of the most uh, a sleeper now in this draft. I think he's turned into a sleeper, and whoever gets him will definitely get a huge steal because he'll be obviously uh, better than what people are thinking. Yeah, and you know, I think he's even made this comparison, but it's a natural one. He's compared with other scoring guards, kind of like a Bradley Beal that you see in the NBA right now. Uh, yep. Is that a fair comparison? Is that kind of how you see him playing maybe when we see and project him out four or five years from now? Do you think he can be that level of score in the NBA? Yeah, no question. I think uh, along that line, Brad Beal, uh, CJ McCullough, or were their their uh, ball in hand two guards? They they use the their their dribble skills to, to create separation for them to score. They're not over the rim guys. So when people say his athleticism, well, I say, well, CJ is not dunking on people too. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we just want everybody to be Kobe Bryant, and it's it's not it. Everybody would love to take CJ McCullough right now. So um, he has all those attributes, and I think moving forward, he will demonstrate how good he is. Yeah, and I think sometimes we do forget uh, it's a little different than college. These guys are coming in as teenagers, but they're playing against, you know, other NBA players, uh, even the G League Ignite team, guys like CJ Miles, guys like Amir Johnson, guys that are frankly a lot older, more experienced. And so it's not unusual that it takes uh, a little bit of time to adjust to, to that level and to kind of the strength of these older guys, frankly, that they're playing against. But... Uh, Coach, take us behind the scenes a little bit because, you know, we can watch the games. We can even see some of the interviews. But uh, with Jaden Hardy, to finish up with him, give me something that maybe we can't see on the film that you see with him behind the scenes that leads you to believe that he is going to be successful in the NBA. Well, he, he can, he's a great playmaker. And um, a lot of times he got in trouble, you know, trying to score um, through people. But he's a great playmaker. And that's the thing with young players. They're growing and, and trying to find their way. Um, it is no 19-year-old that's a finished product. And I thought with his ability to uh, create um, and create for others at a high level, he's going to show that as well. And he's a gym rat. He wants to get better every day. Uh, he works hard. He's an elite-level shooter. And, again, sky's the limit for him because he's only 19. He's not 29. Yep. Totally agree. Okay, let's transition now to the third guy, and that is Marjan Beauchamp. Uh, for our listeners, he is a wing defender at around 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, really athletic. On film, you see he makes all the winning plays, a really tough kid. He's a few years older than Hardy and Daniels, and so, Coach, in my opinion, when I've seen interviews with him, seems really mature. He's talked about how he's excited to play a role. He's excited to take the toughest uh the toughest guy on the other team in terms of the assignment defensively. Uh, is that what you saw from him as well behind the scenes in practice and coaching him? Yeah, I thought he would ha have the ability to, uh, He, I, you know, that was one of his assignments where he had to guard, you know, the other team's uh, top score. But also he's an emerging offensive player as well. I think, in, you know, in high school, I recruited him when he was a high school player. Um, he's a natural shooting guard. And as he continued to grow, grow, he's becoming a small forward. So he's been multi-talented for a very young age. It surprised people in the NBA world, but he's been a really good player. He's a top 40 player coming out of high school. He just took a different role, but he's an elite level talent. And he's only 20 right now, 20 point, 
seven years. So yeah, he's okay. older, but he's not like 29, 30. So he can yep. get better right along with um, every other player that comes out of school that's, that was a junior. Yep. So we talked about um, Dyson Daniels having that potential defensively in the NBA. Same goes for Beauchamp. Uh, how would you kind of compare and contrast them defensively? Do you see a lot of similarities there or where did they differ on the defensive side of the ball? Um, Marjan is more of a gambler, meaning okay. that he jumps and tries to go for steals. Dyson's more uh, uh, solid in terms of guarding the ball, uh, more disciplined on the ball. That's where Marjan has to get better at. And then Dyson has to become a better gambler like Marjan and going for steals and using that, that wingspan to, to create havoc uh, with that length. So let's say two, three years from now, uh, let's just throw a scenario out there. You're coaching these guys in the NBA and the opposing team has a star wing, whether it be a Kawhi, a Paul George, uh, a Jason Tatum. I, I think both these guys can kind of fill that role, but which guy do you think you would choose more so to guard kind of the star wing on the other team if you had to pick? Yeah, well, they both going to listen to this interview, so I'm going to pick both <laughs> of them. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I no. it's, 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 I'm, I coach both of them, and yeah. the love I have for both is, is the same. So no. I think both of them uh, will probably, at that point in their careers, they're, they'll probably argue with each other on who has <laughs> to guard the, 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 the one. So I pick both of them, and um, I'm saying that, um, honestly, they both will be elite level defenders in the NBA. And I'm just excited to see them go through this process. And I can't wait to see those matchups. A hundred percent. No, I, I kind of put you on the spot there. Yeah, I think they, <laughs> I, I think they both can do it as well. Excited yeah. to see where both of them go. Coach, um, let's talk a little Scoot Henderson. Um, he is a really exciting prospect, not draft available this year, but looking forward to next year. Um, the comps for him are guys like Derrick Rose, John Wall, just an elite athlete at like six foot three for a guard. Um, are those comparisons fair? Uh, do you think he is really that level of a prospect comparing him to guys like Rose, Wall, Westbrook? Well, that's those comparisons are warranted being yeah. that um, those guys wasn't in the pros at 17 years old. A hundred percent. Yep. So like what he did on the court as a 17 year old, we can't even compare and say those guys did that. Yep. So the natural comparison is from those because he's gifted physically, um, athletically as well. But I think his uh, the, the chapter to his uh, his book is still to be rewritten. He's a very humble young man, hard worker. He's going to continue to uh, get better because he puts the time in. And, you know, hopefully uh, he's using that as motivation because that's a that's a high level to, to, to come in and be uh, compared to. So I know he's up for that challenge as well. Yeah, you, you beat me to my next question was, are you, were you surprised at all at, at so young of an age, at 17? Was there anything that surprised you at just how easy he kind of made that transition look? Yeah, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to lie. Uh, he, <laughs> I, Sam, I've never, ever seen a 17-year-old. And I, you, I think I've been in, in college as an assistant coach recruiting um, the last 17 year old that I seen and played against was my class was like a Kobe Bryant in terms of, uh, how, how easy the game is for him. And I'm not going to lie. I've never seen anything like that with, where a 17 year old kid, uh, was able to kind of dominate at times in games being so young and his maturity level is, is off the chain. So that's what allows him to play at this level. 
Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs and now the NBA Finals, MLB scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. You can go that far in advance. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Again, that is Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, that now that's high praise comparing to Kobe Bryant, but that to me, that's kind of the level of prospect we're talking about. And so excited to he- see his progress next year. And Let's finish up by talking a little about Michael Foster, a guy that I like. Uh, might be more of a second round pick, but I kind of like his fit as like a five in the modern NBA. And coach, the way the NBA is going with kind of the small ball, the space and pace, do you think he can fit in well as a big in, in today's NBA? Well, he showed that he, he when he did that uh, in, the, uh, in the G League, yeah. I think Mike averaged 17 and eight rebounds at 18 years old. So he's demonstrated that you know, he played in the NBA, I mean, doing that against pros, you know, so he's going to fit well in the NBA. He's a little bit slept on right now because sometimes he doesn't check the boxes of, you know, being this athlete or being this height. But if you look at all great role players, Sam, look at Grant Williams for Boston Celtics. He's yeah. an undersized big, but everybody want him now. Jay Crowder, um, all the elite level role players, they don't have the the measurements that you're looking for. Look at Draymond Green. He, yeah. You know, so if you go back and redraft Draymond Green, he will be a top five pick. And so I think Hall of Mike, Famer. Yep. Yeah, he's gonna be a Hall. Exactly. That's my point. So I think sometimes we get caught up in length, arms, height, athleticism, as opposed to how good of a basketball player they can become. And I think Mike will fall into that category. He's a very good basketball player with a high level IQ. And um, he's gonna do well in the NBA as well. So, Coach, uh, a lot of these guys this last year got to participate in the All-Star Weekend, which I thought was awesome. And putting myself in their situation, if it were me, I would have been so nervous, starstruck to be playing with the league's top stars. And they did awesome. I was really impressed. Uh, What were your thoughts about that process and how those guys did? Well, for me as a coach, I was just happy to see that some of their dreams were starting to come true being that they was uh, selected by other G League coaches for their work. You know, the other G League coaches voted them in. And so for me to see them play against those guys, I wasn't surprised that they was able to fit in because you got to think who they played against, they've been playing against those guys in high school, in the AAU circuit. So they probably knew every player on 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 those teams, being that they was a little bit older. So it was for them, it was typical, just like it was in the AAU setting, um, playing against the older players. Yep. And coach, I saw you were at the combine. Are you uh, involved in the pre-draft process at this point? Are you still kind of giving advice, support to these guys or what's kind of your role at this point? Are you more preparing for next season? Yeah, I'm, I'm preparing uh, for next season, but I'm definitely here for support. Our whole uh, coaching staff front office, we're supporting these guys and um, just happy to see how they're transitioning. Each player is, you know, obviously with their agents right now. And so this is the business side of it. And uh, we're just in a supporting role and we'll be there every step of the way. All right. And then then final question here. Uh, I kind of want to give you the chance to make the pitch 
for the G League Ignite because you've coached at different levels, AAU, you've coached in college. Uh, what are the benefits and what are kind of uh, the draws that you've seen uh, after having the chance to coach the G League Ignite this this past season? Well, I think the benefits is, is that the Ignite team is for young players who feel that they're ready to be pros today. And when I say today, meaning like they're ready to compete night in and night out against high level competition and get judged for it. See, are you, when you're young, you're going to get judged at a hard level. Had they all went to college, um, they would have fit in, they would have dominated and they could have, um, you know, kind of slid and hid behind the system, the college system. Here is if you're a high level athlete and you want to come and join, you're going to play 30, 35 minutes a game because it's a developmental program for young players. And our job is to help them reach their NBA dreams and goals while allowing them to play through their mistakes and compete against high-level talent. Yeah, and Coach, I'll, I'll help you make the pitch because if you watch Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga this past season, people were saying, you know, Kaminga was a developmental guy. He goes to Golden State and he's playing in the playoffs for a team that's going to the finals. I've always been a really big Jalen Green believer, but Coach, even – the, the last 20, 30 games of his rookie season. I don't know how much you got to watch, but uh, how impressed were you uh, by those two guys after coming out of the G League Ignite program the past season? Well, prior to them coming out of the Ignite program, they was dominative on the AAU high school circuit. So yep. for me, it was just like they was head and shoulders better than the class. And with Jonathan moving up to, to Jalen's class just to go to, to the Ignite program was – that lets you know how good he was. I definitely was not surprised. Jalen could have easily went number one, and Jonathan could have went number one. So those are elite-level talent, and they set the bar high for future prospects coming to Team Ignite. Yep, totally agree. And, Coach, very much appreciate the time. It's been awesome to talk about these prospects. Excited to see where they end up going. Excited to continue to follow their paths as they enter the NBA. Uh, is there anything else you want to pitch uh, or shout out before we finish up the podcast here today? No, I just want to give a shout out to Mara for setting these great interviews up. And uh, Mara, we're on fire. Let's keep going. <laughs> I appreciate her too. Thank good, you. Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for setting everything up. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Yep. Thanks, Thanks Coach Hart. Appreciate it. And thank you listeners for tuning in.